Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Funkaholics Podcast. I am your host, Nando T. And what podcast is this? This is the podcast where we talk about what we love. I have a new guest with me. I've been dying to bring this guy in. I've been itching. I've been watching a lot of wrestling right now, so that gives you a hint to what we're going to be talking about today. But this guy, when I first met him, me and him chopped it up. We were just talking wrestling like it was like we've known each other for years. So without further ado, guys, before I bring this special guest in, the Funkaholics podcast is starting right now. You are now listening to the Funkaholics Podcast. Oh, guys, that introduction, I love it every time I hear it, especially when I hear Mercy Bark. But, guys, without further ado, this special guest that you're wondering about, his name is David. And I am bringing him in today because we are going to talk wrestling. David, how are you, my brother? Hey, brother, I'm doing well. Enjoying my Monday night. How about you? Oh, man, same over here, man. It's been a, it's been a minute since we've been able to pull this together, but, uh, but the worlds have collided, and, uh, or the moon, the sun, whatever it is, we're finally here, bro. So I'm super excited to chop up some wrestling with you. Hey, likewise, the the stars and the moon and the sun have aligned, I think is what you're going for. And yeah, man, I'm excited too. It's it's been a long time coming and I'm happy to be here today. (laughs) I think this, uh, I think this, uh, this drink that I made for myself is a, is a little too strong. I I was kind of thinking like I was a rock over here and pouring half of the bottle of Terramana into the glass. (laughs) Bro, you're not drinking Terramana. That's what I'm drinking. You're kidding me. No, the oh. clear one. I forget what it's called, but that's what I'm talking about, man. That's it's, awesome. It's, uh, it's, it, I, I think it's the silver. You know, you got the silver and the gold, so we'll just call it the silver. I think the rock silver with that. <laughs> yes, I think so. Right on, man. <laughs> Hell yeah, that's what I'm talking about. See, we're already starting this thing off on the right foot. So um, on the same page, brother. Oh man, my man. <laughs> So I know um, I don't want to take this into a sad note, but um, today we lost uh, we lost an icon. We lost uh, a beauty. We lost someone who I had a crush on back in the back in the 80s. Um, Little known fact about me, guys. I love um, movies that are like um, um, they got musicals. That's the word I'm looking for, musicals. Um, Today we found out that Olivia Newton-John passed away at the age of 73. She will be deeply missed. And uh, before we start the podcast off, I would just like to give a moment of silence for uh, Miss Olivia. All right, guys. So in true Funkaholics fashion, and I think Miss Olivia would definitely appreciate this from us, but we're going to, I'm going to raise my glass to David being a special guest on the, on this episode. And, um, 
to Miss um, Olivia Newton-John for everything that she gave to us, all of her wonderful music, Grease, Xanadu, everything that came out from her. So we uh, we raise our glass. Salute. Salute. And to another great episode. So, David, let's uh, let's pick the podcast up a little bit and raise the spirits here because I know Miss Olivia would want that from us, but... Uh, who knows? Maybe she might have even been a wrestling fan. So um, I, I'm sure she'll definitely be appreciating what we're putting out there. But um, what I want to get from you, bro, is I want to get the uh, the story behind all this knowledge that you were carrying with you when uh, when I met with you that day. So give uh, give me and the Funkaholics listeners um, your background, bro. Like how did it, how did the love? Where did wrestling start for you? Let's start there. Okay, yes. So for me, it was the Attitude Era. It was Stone Cold. I never had cable growing up, so I could only catch like the Saturday morning, Sunday night shows, the ones on regular TV. But I would always get the updates from my friends at school, from my cousins that had cable, what was going on with Monday Night Raw. And it, it was Stone Cold. Just Stone Cold is what brought me into wrestling, and I've been hooked ever since. Very cool, man. So let's um let's get a little people excited here, but uh you talked about the attitude area attitude era. So when did or you know what? Let's who were your favorite wrestlers, man? Who were the ones that you cheered for? Okay. Um Stone Cold, of course. Nice. The Rock. I've always loved I've always loved The Rock. Of course we gotta go with the, the top guys, the Undertaker. Brock Lesnar's always been one of my favorites. Um my all-time favorite, past, present, whatever, it's got to be Bray Wyatt. I'm a diehard Bray Wyatt guy. I love Wyndham. I love The Fiend. And um, he, he's, he's the top for me, but I, I, I've been following Brock since day one. Uh, I love Randy Orton. Just too many to name on the female side. Uh, you know, Trish Stratus, she, she was the girl, the woman, you know, that when I was watching it as a kid and just Trish Stratus was the epitome for me. She, it's always Trish over Lita for me. Okay. Awesome, man. Awesome. And just so that you know, bro, I'm, I'm, I'm a, I'm a Tori Wilson fan. <laughs> oh shit. Oh brother. You wouldn't believe what I picked up from Tori Wilson. I got, I got some good mem- Tori Wilson memorabilia. I'm glad you told me that. I have to send you some pictures. But I, I love Tori Wilson. I was so in love with Tori Wilson. Oh, dude, you and me both, man. I had the biggest crush on her when, when I, uh, when I saw her on WCW, and then when she switched over to WWE. I hated Vinny Mac for a little while there, bro, because he was, you know, he was, <laughs> he was peeping on my lady, you know, for, you know, for a while there, a couple of episodes, but. Uh, She's she's awesome, um, bro. I got to see her in person over at WrestleCon, and my mouth went to the fucking floor, bro. Probably through the floor. I mean, she's oh. yeah, she's that drop dead gorgeous, bro. Like in person, like Instagram and television does no justice for her. I mean, she is ten times more beautiful when you meet her in person, brother. When her Playboy dropped, I became a man. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I hear you, bro. I still have mine. 
Hey, me too. I got mine and I got I got the double packs with her and Sable. Do you remember um a white tube top she used to wear in a lot of promo video uh, pictures and videos? Yes. I have that tube top signed by her. Wait, what? Yes, I have the two her white tube top that she wore in a, and I got the the trading card that she's wearing on the trading card also signed by her all with COAs. Oh, bro, peanut butter and jelly right now, man. Shit. Yeah, I didn't know you were into Tory brother. I'm going to have to I'm going to have to show you. We're going to have to get together one of these days in person and and get to it. Oh yeah, man. Absolutely, bro. You you've got to come into the into the podcast room. Um, you'll freak out on the way that it looks and the way that it's set up and everything. But oh, bro, like every Tory mag or every magazine that Tory came out in, oh, I was first in line, bro. I was making sure I was finding <laughs> it, <laughs> and I still nice. have a lot of them left over. The only thing that I never invested in was a uh, was a Tory Wilson action figure because I wasn't really into Jacks at that time. Um, mm. So lo and behold. The uh, the uh, Mattel heard me, or they heard my cry, and probably a bunch of other collectors' cries, or a bunch of other Tori Wilson fans. But she's got a <laughs> she's got a figurine that's going to be dropping, and she's got her little her little white pup with her. So that's even more oh. that's even more nostalgic for me because I've got I got my Mercenator over here, and she's a she's a white uh, multi poo. So. It's uh, it's it's ten times even better now because now I can take that little dog and kind of put it in my photography, oh. <laughs> and get mercy out there. <laughs> that's that's awesome. I didn't know that was dropping. You're gonna have to let me know when. Oh yeah, bro. If I see two of them, I'll grab them. One's yours. I got you, man. Hell yeah, hell yeah. So yeah, Tori, Tori, and Don, the whole Tori and Don Don Marie thing was pretty wild back in the day with with Tori's father. <laughs> oh yeah, it was. <laughs> that was a that was a crazy storyline. So yes, <laughs> excuse me. Before we uh, before we get into everything, bro, and and start getting into the headlines and the news and everything, um, talk to me, bro. What's what's the obsession with the fiend? Like, why are, why are we such a huge fan of of Bray Wyatt? Oh, I think it's just I, I, me as a person. I'm just drawn to him. I'm a, I'm a damaged person. I feel like I'm just a firefly. I've been a firefly for since the beginning, since NXT. And he's just Bray Wyatt just has such a way with of words. And I'm just drawn to him. Like when he first debuted in the original NXT as Husky Harris, I, I honestly really didn't know much about him started following him a little bit and then when he debuted as bray it was over he's he just drew me in and then the whole wyatt family you know you got luke harper rest in peace brody you got um eric rowan and just i I love dark macabre stuff i'm just drawn to that kind of stuff and the fiend just took over me i think out of anybody any wrestler ever in my life, I've I own more Bray Wyatt stuff than anybody I've ever bought from anything else. That is awesome, man! And you were you were telling me that you have the the Fiend belt, right? The one with the mask on as the as like the centerpiece. No, I don't have that one. I have the actual mask, the rec- oh, okay, the replica yeah. mask. Nice. Yes, I have the 
I have the replica mask, the regular one, not the burnt one. And then I, I have also the half mask, the one that just covers the bottom of your mouth. And a few other Fiend stuff. I got all the Fiend t-shirts, missed, uh, the boxes, the gift boxes, just so much stuff. I just, I became so enthralled with him and, and I just fell in love with him. When he debuted at SummerSlam against Finn Balor, when the Fiend debuted, oh, like, that's in my top debuts ever in wrestling. Like, that debut was insane. That is, I, I remember that. Um he was you know um a lot of his um like even when he was Bray Wyatt and he had the you know the Wyatts and you know Braun Strowman and and Harper and everybody with them um it, it was such great storyline telling you know what i mean and then even the shit with with him between uh between him and Randy Orton i loved it um the battle in the in the house, you know that creepy old house. Uh, yes, uh, Randy fucking lighting it on fire and everything. You know what I mean? It was it was yes. so good. And then, like, he's in all honesty, bro. He's top five for me that can cut a promo off the off the top of his dome. Doesn't need any help. I don't even think the the writing team for WWE was like you know giving him anything i think they just let this dude go off the whim and i remember there was um there was an episode when they were showing the stars being brought up you know to you know from through the NXT program and what what was it what was it before NXT F, FW FW uh, F Florida Championship Wrestling FCW FCW that's right well, they showed him cut a promo, <coughs> excuse me, on his own. And, dude, you could just see the look on all the judges' face or, you know, all the, you know, all the, all the people that were ju- not judge, well, judging him. Um, but you could just see the look on their faces like this dude's got something. You know what I mean? Like their mouths were to the floor and they were just like, holy shit, like this dude is, he's legit. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, for sure. It's um it's really sad that they let him go but I think they were destroying the character um and and we're going to get in we're going to get into this in this next uh in this next segment but um there was a there was a point where I felt like they were really destroying the character um they weren't giving it the opportunity I mean um the Firefly the the Firefly Funhouse that was fucking amazing it was Pee Wee Hermanish it was so fucking good. I really didn't like Alexa being brought into it. I kind of felt like he always needed to be on, you know, be left alone. But there, there was times where where the both of them were working together and the chemistry was there. You know what I mean? So it it was really, it was really legit. But then you know the moment they started burning him, and then you know she had black shit coming all over her. I thought Papa Shango was possibly going to return, but <laughs> it was um. <clears throat> This, that's where I could I, I think that's where we really really started seeing you know the story writing going in a different direction and just you know uh, basically going to get us into the conversation what we're going to move into. But did you did you have any thoughts about that? 
No, I mean, I agree. Um, as far as bringing Lex in, I agree with you on both sentiments. I didn't like it completely. I think he should have been on his own. Um, but there were good parts. They they did do really well together, and I did enjoy a lot of them together. But I think he should have remained a solo act. And, you know, towards the end, his booking was questionable at best. But I still loved him. You know, I still... Had I still held out hope, to, and to this day I still hold out hope that 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 will turn around and we'll get and the best of Bray Wyatt and the Fiend is yet to come. Oh yeah, man, I believe it. I think he, um, I think it was the break that he needed. You know what I mean? I think he just needed to kind of, um, I mean, obviously he was a team player for letting you know letting WWE take the story where they took it, but. I think he was getting to the point where he was just like, you know what, I gotta, I gotta take a step away. Uh, let me, let me focus on these other avenues that I'm into. I'm, we found out that he did a horror movie. I gotta find out what that is. Do you, do you know anything about that one? You know, I haven't heard, I haven't read anything on it in months. It's been months since I read anything on it, but I am looking forward to that as well. I don't know the title of it though. I'm sure that's got to be coming around sometime soon, so I would definitely be interested in it because I mean, if it's any anything like the way, you know, the the Fiend and uh, and the Wyatt family, the way he created all that, it's it's got to be good. I'm I'm sure it's got to be good. Oh, for sure, yeah. Anything that comes from his mind, I think, will be good, and I, I'm definitely excited for that. Maybe we could go watch that together when it debuts. Hell yeah, man! That's that's what I'm talking about. I'll be right there with you, brother. So hell yeah. Um, the next person that we're going to talk about talk about is <clears throat> the icon for WWE, and uh, I'm pretty sure everybody knows who we're talking about. But I'm going to go ahead and give a soundbite from him. He's gonna puke. That's right. He's gonna puke, and I think he was probably puking the day that he announced his retirement. So uh, we're talking about the one and only. Uh, I like to call him Vinnie Mac. Um, but we're talking about Vince McMahon, so I know. <clears throat> so for me, I'm I'm diehard WWE. I have my ear to the wall on this show. Um, it's it's what I it's what I breathe, man. It's 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 my air. But when I started seeing that these new things were coming out on uh, on Vince McMahon, um the writing was already kind of on the wall for me. You know what I mean? And when I started seeing that more, you know, more people were digging into all these allegations and, you know, these settlements and all these things that were going on, I was just like, Ugh, they're going to, they're going to push him to retire. Um, me and David were having a conversation about this before the podcast started, and what I wanted to to talk about. But before we get there, is um, uh, uh, David, I, I, I wanted to get your feedback, bro, or just kind of get you know how you were feeling, you know, when when you heard that uh, that uh, that Vinnie Mac retired. Sure. So the when I heard he retired, I was I was just shocked. That's the best way of explaining my emotions at the time. I was in shock. It's something that I never thought I'd see in my lifetime. I thought he would, uh, I thought he'd have to be hauled out of the building in an ambulance before he retired. Um, you know, given everything that's been going on, it's understandable. And, and as you said, the writing was on the wall, but you know, it was, a it was mostly shock, but there was also some sadness in there because 
you know, it was an end. It's a, it's truly, you know, they like to talk about end of an era a lot, a lot of different times, but that, that is truly the end of a long era. And now I'm excited. The shock and the sadness kind of gave way to excitement. Now I'm excited for this new era. I'm excited for, for what's to come. Um, and happy for Vince, you know what I mean? I, I know he's going through some stuff right now, but maybe for once in his long life, he can enjoy himself and enjoy his time off. You know, I don't know if he knows how to do that, but maybe he can learn. I think that's going to be the next, the, the next biggest challenge for him, man, because I, I felt the same way that you did, dude. I thought that he would be, have to be taken out on the stretcher, man. Like, I mean, this this dude doesn't know when to stop. You know what I mean? And from the moment that he got his hands on w, on WWE, I mean, he took it to all these new levels. He gave us these amazing memories, uh, such great entertainment, such great storylines. I mean, you know, he introduced Hulk Hogan, Andre the Giant to us, Ultimate Warrior, Ravishing Rick Rude, Bobby the Brain Heenan, um, you know, the list goes on and on. Macho Man Randy Savage. I mean, he gave us all these iconic story, all these iconic characters with amazing, amazing stories. And then, you know, when we went through, you know, the Monday Night Wars, all of a sudden we got blessed with the NWO. We got blessed with the Attitude Era. And I'm sure this is where you know, where, where, where your love for wrestling, you know, just went up to, you know, the next level. And I can, oh man, dude, we, we talk about, we talk about lists and, and, and ratings and all these things, but Vince McMahon is the ultimate heel for me. Just because some of the things that he that he fucking pulled off and that he that he did on the show, he was never afraid to break the mold. You know what I mean? Like they have this, you know, they have these things where you know they're like, "Oh, you can't say that on television." And Vince McMahon's like, "You know, watch me." That was the attitude <laughs> era. You know what I mean? But then you know the moment when he started having a bunch of other hands in the in the pod, and you know he went, you know. He he got this network of people, you know, to put their hands in, you know, to raise it so that he could have all these superstars and pay all these superstars. And I'm, you know, from overhearing, you know, <laughs> taking care of some of his settlements. But um, <laughs> he, uh, you know, he he took it to the next level and and he raised the bar and he was never afraid to. You know what I mean? The other thing that I that I that I hate and you know that I I I always get into an argument is. You know, for the people that hated on him and that talk so much shit about him, and it's like you—you you only see what's on the surface. You don't know what's going on in the background. I'm like, if you were—if you were half the fan that I am, you would know that this man puts his heart and soul out there, not only for his talent but even for the past. Like, um, I don't know, bro. Uh, if you got the opportunity to see um, Ric Flair's last match. I did not actually. I, I didn't. I wasn't able to see it. It's a good thing that you didn't, David, because you're you're gonna want to remember Ric Flair for. I, in all honesty, the last match that I want to remember for him is the one with HBK. HBK, yes. Um, and, and that that's part of the reason, actually. To be honest, I 
I didn't seek it out is because I want, I didn't want to remember Ric Flair. Like, you know, even in his TNA days, I, I didn't like Ric Flair. So I couldn't even imagine now, you know what I mean? Didn't, didn't like his in-ring work anyway. I think, as you said, his send-off, his perfect send-off was with HBK at Mania. I really believe that's where he should have left it. But, you know, the the fan in me of Ric Flair and, and, uh, and I, Sal is me and Sal have been talking about it, and and one of these days I'm gonna get you and Sal together too, so that we can just have a roundtable of uh, of WWE and AEW. But um, for sure, we'll have our own table of three. Oh yeah, it's a yeah exactly <laughs> table of three. I like that. <laughs> um, but um, bro, so one of the you know one of the things that the people don't pay attention to is you know you've got when you listen to these people that have jumped ship from WWE and gone to AEW, you know, you hear the interviews. I listen to a lot of podcasts. I love a lot of wrestling podcasts. I listen to a lot of interviews from the wrestlers. One thing that I always get from these wrestlers and former WWE superstars is they always thank Vince McMahon for the opportunity that was given to them. You know what I mean? One of the yes. ones that I found most interesting was the one with um, Brian Danielson in the WWE world. We know him as Daniel Bryan. Um, yes. He didn't want to leave WWE, but Vince McMahon not pushed him to leave, but basically told him, I care so much about you that I'm not going to put you at risk after this tragic injury that you went through. So Daniel Bryan wanted to do more with the WWE. He wanted to basically do more more dangerous moves. And that's what it came down to, you know what I mean? Um also, you know, yes. he, he did talk about, you know, wanting to you know, to wrestle, you know, against um uh New Japan Wrestling, you know, there was there was wrestlers out there that he wanted to take off of his bucket list and and in all honesty, he has the right to do that. You know what I mean? He's getting up there in age. Retirement's going to be coming around. Um, you know, that's that's something that he needs to to be able to accomplish. Well, WWE wasn't going to allow him to do that because, you know, Vince McMahon doesn't allow crossovers. Um, yes. But one of the things that I that I I took to heart, you know what I mean, or that I that that hit home with me was for the fact that Vince McMahon was still protecting him. You know what I mean? And and Vince McMahon does that with a lot of his superstars. Um where we are today in this, you know, in this crazy world that we live in, um the times are changing, you know. I think um I think Triple H was the one that was really seeing it and for the fact that he pushed or you know, the story writing that he was doing with NXT uh, with Road Dog and uh, and HBK, um, it was gaining a lot of uh, it was gaining a lot of tread. You know what I mean? There was a lot of there was a lot of you know there was a lot of fire coming, and uh, I'm not sure if Vince was seeing it, understood it, or was being stubborn or I uh, hopefully we'll get that story. You know what I mean? But it just seems like everything was going great. Well, and then the moment when triple H, you know, had those heart issues, it's like, uh, 
it's like Vince kind of stuck his foot in the sand and basically told him, like, you know, you go, you know, you're you're a husband to my daughter, you know, I, I've got grandchildren, you know, I want you to take care of them, be a father, probably all of that. But it was almost like, uh, like Vince was kind of slapping Triple H in the face or kind of spitting on what Triple H had created. You know what I mean? I don't know yeah. if... I don't know if those were the intentions when they first started NXT and Vince said, fuck it, go ahead and run with it because it's, you know, it's, it's putting numbers out there or, you know, this is never what it was supposed to be. And now that I have it in my hands or on my plate, I'm going to, I'm going to make it for what I, or for what it was meant to be. You know what I mean? So it's a, it's a, it's a, it's an interesting thing, but what do you what do you think about all that? You know what I mean? Like the way obviously you knew, you know, where, you know, the direction was going with WWE and, you know, the storylines and stuff like that. I know you weren't excited about it. Um Yes. But how do you feel about the transfer between or how do you did you notice the same thing that I did? Like, you know, where where maybe Vince and Triple H were kind of going back and forth? I did, and I think you you hit a, a little bit on it when you said his stubbornness. I think he's a. I think his stubbornness played a big role in it. I think he always wanted to either know or be better or know know best. As um, like he always thought he knew best, which you know, with his track record, you can't blame the guy. But Triple H has a great mind also, and. I think he just didn't, maybe he just didn't understand some of the stuff Triple H was doing. Um, I don't know, but I th- I do think stubbornness played played a role in it. And I was disappointed, you know, with a lot of decisions that were made. But, you know, it is what it is. Like you said, we just got a gotta roll with it. Um, I still tuned in to watch every single show, every single week, regardless, you know, like, like you, I'm a I'm a diehard, and I just I always look for the good, you know, um, and try to get past the bad. That was a uh, <laughs> that was the exact same thing with me, man. It's almost like ah, bro, like when Triple H went down with a heart issue. It's almost like they buried everything with that. You know what I mean? And all of a sudden, we get NXT 2.0. Um, I still watched it cause I love seeing the talent I love seeing, you know, who's going to be up and coming, but, uh, some of the shit that they were doing with it, I was like, Oh, this is terrible. Like, stop. Like one of my biggest, one of my biggest fits. And I, I got to see this live, but they had, um, Braun breakers, a stud, bro. I love that dude. Um, that's, that's Steiner lineage right there. Um, oh, yeah. they had him come out one time where he was cutting, the NXT 2.0 logo with a fucking chainsaw. And I was like, this makes no sense. Yes. And wasn't that within a week or two of him kicking the NXT logo in half? (laughs) Yep. Exactly. I don't know. Yeah. It made no sense. I mean, I get it. He's Braun Breaker, but I mean, he's supposed to be able to break shit, not cut shit and then, and then break (laughs) it. You know what I mean? So I don't know what they were doing, but that's some of the frustration, you know, that I was experiencing with them. And then, the other thing that I had a major issue with that I didn't like was the moment that these guys get called up to the big leagues, they change their name. 
And, oh, don't get the, me started on the name change. Oh, bro. And then the music, too. Like, oh. bro, I was so I was stressed out. Um, that live show that I got to see um, NXT stand and deliver um, right before WrestleMania. So, yes, I knew Champa was either going to get let go or he was going to get moved up. It fucking sucks. The other, my other beef with it was, why is it when these guys are getting called up, why do they lose? Like, why are you taking that away from them when they're on a high note and then you go and put them in? Well, people are going to be like, well, he just lost. So what the fuck's so great about this guy? Let him come out on a high note. Well, right. They did that to Champa, bro. He lost, and then everybody in the crowd was was yelling, "Thank you, Champa." Well, then all of a sudden. Fucking Triple H's music hits, and we're like, "What the fuck?" Like, Triple H is supposed yeah. to be in a hospital bed right now. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, he comes out and he gives Champa this like huge fucking hug, and then he tells Comp- Champa like, "You know, go back out there. Like, you know what I mean? Like, get get your respects and everything." So, I don't know if Triple H might have known something, but when he hugged Champa, bro, he was. He was telling him something in his ear, you know what I mean? Like basically maybe telling him like don't don't leave, stick around. You know, things are coming, you know what I mean? And and hopefully maybe that was that was him, you know, telling him like, you know, everybody already had him written off and he was going to AEW. You know what I mean? It was just a matter of him packing his bags and taking off over there. But right. that was one that I I got nothing against AEW. WWE is my baby. You know what I mean? Like I said, I ride or die with WWE, but Ciampa was one of my favorite wrestlers from NXT, and I did not want to see him leave. <laughs> you know what I mean? I was just like... <laughs> for know. sure. And he said he said for so long, he you know, he always said, I want to stay on NXT. I'd rather stay in NXT than move up to the main roster. He was so adamant, so I was really surprised when he actually did move up to the main roster. I get the feeling, bro, that that was probably Vince McMahon's doings. You know what I mean? Probably like telling him, like, "Hey, dude, if if you don't move up, then you know you're gonna have to find greener pastures." But I, to me, when when they brought him out, I was pissed when they changed the fucking music because his music is one of the one of the best ones that I've heard out there. You know what I mean? In in today's era, um, oh for sure. I love I love the whole storyline between him and Goldie. DIY was legit. I'm not the biggest Gargano fan, but Johnny Gargano is one that he's fucking fun to watch. You know what I mean? Yes, as a tag team, they were they were great. Yeah, absolutely. I have a feeling we might see uh, see Johnny Gargano back in the WWE. We'll see, but we'll get into that. We'll we'll get down that road. But as far as Champa, sure. as far as Champa goes. Um, I didn't like what they were doing with him when they brought him in. He was this hitman all of a sudden. He was just running into the ring, attacking people, and I'm like, that's not, that's not Champa. Now they got him mixed up with the Miz. It's, it's not really, it's still not working for me. You know what I mean? But Triple H has his hands on him now, so I know he's gonna be, he's gonna get hooked up. You know what I mean? I know it's coming, so. Yeah, for sure. The the Miz pair, pairing was really puzzling to me, um, but 
like you said, Triple H, he's in Triple H's hands now, and I have faith. Same for me. Same for me, man. So, um, not to be shitting on everything that Vince McMahon was doing, but you know what I mean? He was calling a lot of the shots, and I think... I think basically what it was was the wrestling gods were answering a lot of fans and just, you know, being like, all right, guys, give it time. We're going to put something out there. We're going to force Vinny, you know, to to retire. And I think a lot of these lawsuits is really what was going on. Then, like you said, you know, it sounds like he's got things to fix at home. We hope that he can enjoy his retirement. We hope that he can, you know, just sit back and chill and, you know, watch watch some good old-fashioned wrestling and, and see where, you know, his – um his son-in-law and his daughter, you know, take the company. One of the biggest surprises, though, was Shane's nowhere to be found. Um, there's nothing going on with this guy. Um, have you have you heard At anything all. about that? No. The last I everything I, from what everything I've read is he just, he had a lot of heat on him coming out of the Royal Rumble. I don't know if you read if you heard about that. He was trying to book the Royal Rumble around himself this year and just. Book it so dumb that Vince got pissed at him and told him to leave, and that's pretty much he's been gone since then. Wow. So I don't know if that, you know, how much of that is true or what, but I did hear it multiple times over the last, since the Rumble, you know, really. And now with Vince gone, I know, uh, you know, from, from the past, it seems that Shane doesn't get along with Triple H too much on the business side of things. So I think... In my opinion, I don't think I don't see Shane coming back anytime soon, if at all. Interesting. That that really is interesting. I mean, they had some great storylines when when the whole family was in there, man. Uh, For sure, yeah. one of one of the ultimate greatest greatest storylines was uh was the Ministry of Darkness, dude. When when fucking oh, Undertaker yes. was gonna marry Stephanie. <laughs> yes. One of the greatest visuals on top of that is Stone Cold crucified on Undertaker symbol. Yep. That that right there is one of the greatest visuals from that Attitude Era. Like like it just sums up how crazy that Attitude Era was. Can you imagine them trying to crucify somebody on a symbol like that these days? Oh you know? dude. They they <laughs> they'd probably be suspended or something and be like, All right, yeah WWE is not gonna they, be on for the next two weeks. <laughs> Yeah, WWE would get crucified by the public for that. Yep. So, what are your thoughts, bro? So, so we know uh, Vince McMahon, you know, has has, uh, you know, he's not rest in peace, but you know, he's uh, he's retired. You know, maybe him and the Undertaker will go fishing or something. You know, and do something cool. <laughs> um, but um, now with with Vince McMahon retired, did you did you watch SummerSlam? I did. I did. I, I, I watched it and I, I was pleasantly surprised. It was a damn good show. Um, I don't know if you saw the funny meme going around. Uh, it was Vince with his shocked face. And then the caption was Vince seeing Dakota Kai and Io Shirai back at, at SummerSlam. Yeah. But <laughs> so, SummerSlam was great. I, I enjoyed it a lot. Bro, SummerSlam was so good. I was finally on the edge of my seat again when watching wrestling. There's a lot of times like, so I got a, you know, I got a couple of buddies, uh, Sal, Jonathan, uh, Jake, my cousin Flo. Um, anytime there's a WWE event on, we usually get together and stuff like that. And, 
a lot of the past events, like I slowly started seeing them get disconnected. You know what I mean? They're just like, ah, it's like, it's frustrating. And I'm like, yeah, I get it. SummerSlam came around, dude. It sucks because I was watching most of it by myself. And then my cousin showed up later and he was just kind of like, hey, what the hell's going on? This is different. Like this is, you know, it feels different. And I'm like, dude, I was like, you missed. I had no, like, I knew Bailey was coming back. I had no idea that she was going to show up with with EO, EO Sky now, and Dakota yes, Kai, um, Control. That, dude, that got me out of my seat. Like, I was already at the edge of my seat with Becky Lynch and um, Bianca Belair. Yes. I, I thought that match was great. Um, you could tell right off the mo- like right off the bat, Triple H was already putting his hands on the show. That match between uh, Bianca and and uh, Becky must have gone for at least twenty to thirty minutes. That's very Triple H. Oh yeah, a rarity. That's a rarity these days, and hopefully it becomes more commonplace. But yeah, that that match was amazing. I'm a huge Belair fan. So I was super happy with that, with the outcome. And yeah, that match was, you know, if you go back one year to when Becky, you know, hit one move on Bianca to take the belt, I was so pissed at that. And it it got rectified this year. I kept telling, so there was so many people that were pissed off with that. And I kept telling them, I said, give it time, man. I go, they're going to build up Bianca's character. I was like, she's an it factor. I was like, they're going to give her, they're going to give her her time to shine. And when they started building up the character and everything, the the dewdrop matches, I loved it because there was a great rivalry being established, but it felt like the same thing with the same type of finish over and over and over. But I know what they were trying to do. They were trying to show Bianca's strength because she's a phenomenal athlete. She's a freak of nature. Um, but I know what they were trying to do by showing her strength, you know, her picking up dewdrop, you know, slamming her or giving her the KOD, the KOD. Um, but um, when Bailey's music hit, I was like, okay, this was expected. Cool. But then all of a sudden, like, I'm a big EO Shirai fan, bro. So the moment that she came out, because all the reports were saying that she was going back home. Like, she was done with WWE. She was going to go back home. She was going to live out the contract. And then once the contract was over, you know, who knows what she would do from there. But I knew... That had to be another Triple H thing where he was. I'm sure he grabbed her and said, hey, you're not going far. Like, <laughs> I've got something really good for you. I'm going to team you up with Bailey and Dakota Kai. You know, you're going to be a heel, which we've never really seen from from EO. But she's such a great talent. She's such a great wrestler. Like, I've got so many more dream matches for her. Like, I want to see her against Shotzi. I want to see her against Asuka. Um, I want to see her against Zia Lee. Like, there's so... Like, I even want to see her against Naomi because both of them were... Or, you know, they're they're high flyers. You know what I mean? So, I, even... Yeah, Sasha, that'd be a great match. As much as it hurts me, Sasha Banks. I'm not the biggest Sasha Banks <laughs> fan. <laughs> you know what I mean? But she, yeah. she does bring a lot of... I'll say it. She brings attitude and she brings charisma to... You know, to WWE and I, I hate, bro. The women's 
the women's division is on fire right now, especially with the comeback of these three. Yes. Let me ask you who's this. Who's your top right now? Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. Um, who's my who's my top female your wrestler? Your top fem- f- female, yes. Oh, woo, bro. It's, it's Charlotte Flair. <laughs> oh, okay. Uh, yeah. The queen. Yeah. That's my baby doll, bro. Ever from the moment, you know, that I that I saw her and, you know, the... the all of her, all of her wrestling masters, she's, she's the, she's the rest, the female wrestler, bro, that makes me chew my nails when she's wrestling, and I, and I, and I don't say that as a negative thing. I say that as like a nervous thing because this chick is like five eleven, almost six feet tall, and she's jumping off the ropes like she's fucking ricochet, and <laughs> that stresses me out. You know what I mean? Because she's, I mean, she's a talented athlete. But to me, I'm like, Charlotte, don't be doing that. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know, something can go south. But, I mean, that's that's the type of wrestler she is. And you got to you gotta respect that. But um, it's so, – so for me, it's Charlotte, Shotzi, EO. And then the rest is just, you know, um, Bianca, she's, she's up there for me just because of the natural talent and – the shit that she does, bro. This girl wrestles with one hand. Yeah, she's holding her hair every time she's doing moves. Yep, that I, I'm always studying her when she's doing it, and I, I just I don't understand how she does it with that that hair. It's got to be what a five foot braid, yeah, five foot hair. Yeah. Yeah, that's crazy. <laughs> she, she, that's that's how talented she is. I, I love her. I'm a big Bel Air fan. Yeah, she's an amazing talent, man. I love Becky Lynch when she was the man. This new Becky, I can't get with it. I think they, they need to bring the man back. Um, I think the I think the fans are dying for it. But you know, one that's um that doesn't get enough credit, but she's always been around. Carmella. Yes, I think, for sure she. I think she's such a great talent, bro. I think she's. I think they need to give her the opportunity to to step up. Maybe bring back Mello's money because this new one is her being the most, you know, gorgeous uh, yeah. female wrestler in the WWE and all that. It's not working anymore. The mask didn't even work for me because I was just like, this is, this is terrible. But you know, she's a trooper. She, you know, whatever storyline they give her, she knocks it out of the park. So. For sure, yeah, most definitely. Carmella's up there too. So let me ask you this, bro. So now that we're talking about the transition and Triple H having his hands all over this, we can definitely see you know things that are happening. So SmackDown, we got a surprise. How were you feeling about that, and did it catch you off guard? Did you know this was coming? Let me ask you that first. So, so no, not at all. Um, I I read after the fact that there were reports that he earlier in that day that earlier that day friday that he could be coming back but i didn't read any of them i i hadn't read anything that day and when i saw him come out it was complete shock i I couldn't believe my eyes i was i was happy i was excited i love carrying cross um he's another one that that you know his first main roster run got screwed up but the way he just came out and made a statement you know from from his first run to losing to, you know, to Jeff Hardy and others on Monday Night Raw with stupid gear and a dumb song without Scarlett to returning with his original music 
with Scarlett and riding to the main event scene, taking out Drew McIntyre of all people. They've right. been building Drew McIntyre up as a beast, you know, and to, for him to take out Drew McIntyre and to to put that put the 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 timer, if you will, on Roman Reigns's title reign. It, it just Friday night was probably one of the best nights for me personally watching WWE in a long time. Absolutely. Because of that. I couldn't agree more, bro. I was watching and the moment that I, the moment that drew stopped when, when his music hit and he looked back, I was like, that's Scarlet. I was like, I know it's Scarlet. And then all of a sudden carrying cross comes out and the fall and pray the tick the 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 TikTok like oh bro like all of that I was just sitting there and I was just like oh my god this is where we've been needing to be for such a long time yeah for sure I agree one hundred percent I I felt like I said for the first time in a long time I felt like a kid again I was I was so happy it's those it's those wow those holy shit holy shit moments you know what i mean and and that one was a holy shit moment just like how we were talking about control that was a holy shit moment especially for SummerSlam. i mean even even the even the brock lesnar and roman reigns match that was something that, that was, was bad shit crazy <laughs> yeah it was so off the wall that's why everybody was just like what like i felt bad for the people where they were, you know, they paid for these front row seats. All of a sudden, they got the fucking tractor and the and the ring lifted to where they can't see nothing. So, I, I, you know, I was thinking about that while it was happening. I was like, oh, poor these guys. They paid a lot of money to be there, and now they can't see the finish. They can't see nothing. Right. But that that match, the Brock Lesnar Roman Reigns match, took me back to Brock Lesnar's original run in WWE. All the crazy shit that he would do. The, the stuff with the with Big Show and the forklift, the stuff, you know, breaking the ring with Mark Henry on SmackDown. That's what that brought me back to. Yes, yes. I was thinking the exact same thing, man. Hopefully, so here's one of the kind of things that I'm hoping that that we get, you know what I mean? Because we had these great stories between The Undertaker and Randy Orton. I mean, Randy Orton was fucking lighting caskets on fire, you know what I mean? Um, you know, some of that crazy shit. I hope something like that comes back, but I think the only character that can carry that torch is going to be your, is, is going to be your guy, bro. Bray Wyatt, the fiend, the, the fiend. Yes. 100%. In my opinion, this might be controversial. I know a lot of people love the undertaker, but seeing as how Brock had already beat undertaker WrestleMania, I think, Bray should have gone over Taker that following year. I agree. That would have been a great passing of the torch. I think that would have been one hundred percent. Yeah, I think that would have been a really great thing. And I and I could see the Undertaker being okay with that. You know what I mean? Yes, especially since the streak was already broken. I mean, why not? Why not give Bray Wyatt that rub? That I think out of all of Undertaker's wins i think that was one that i was disappointed about oh yeah it um when the news hit that they were letting him go and everything i was just like this is this is wrong it's it's a bad idea but then the other half of me was like maybe this is the break that he needs 
and he gets the opportunity to rejuve rejuvenate the character, bring it back to life, and uh, sure. and and get it going. And and who better not to get it going with than than Triple H? Exactly, and uh, you know the old saying is true: the absence absence makes the heart grow fonder. And you know, people already loved him when you know when he was released. He had a, a huge following. And that's only grown exponentially since then. And now people are just chomping at the bit for his return. They're literally, myself included, are just, you know, hanging on to every little clue, every little cryptic tweet, every rumor in hopes that he will emerge soon because I think it's time. Like you said, he, you know, the time off for him probably did him really good. And, and I think it's time for him to return. And, and I think personally he'll return by the end of this year, you know, hopefully by, by October, by Halloween time, you know, around then spooky season. But Uh, bro, if they would bring, so I wish WWE would absorb some of the WCW pay-per-views. I hate that they let NXT absorb those, but what better way to bring back the fiend, bro, than Halloween havoc. Halloween Havoc, I knew where you're going, yes, and I agree with you 100%. That would be amazing. Let me ask you, since since we're on the subject, which pay-per-view show would you lose your mind if The Fiend showed up to? Oh, man. So, like, are we talking the one, the current ones, like their current rotation of pay-per-views? Yeah, the, the current ones, like... Uh, I, SummerSlam, Royal Rumble, WrestleMania. I, uh, as, as much as I'd like to see him, oh, that's a hard choice. It, for me, it'd either have to be, what what are we doing in December? What's the December pay-per-view? I forget. Um, uh, it'd either have to be December or or sometime in October. Okay. Survive, I know Survivor Series is in November. Yeah, Survivor what Series is in November. What have they been running? They've been switching these names up so much. What have they been running in October? Um, I know NXT. Oh God, I pay attention more to the NXT ones because um, <laughs> they're so because they're WCW iconic, and I I loved WCW at the time too. I mean, it was always back and forth between Attitude and and Monday Night Nitro. Um, For sure. God, what do they run in October? I know they did like a Halloween themed. One, uh, let, let me see. It's... Yeah, but while you look that up, um, yeah, I'd say, you know, as far time wise, I'd I'd put it in that. But as far as like pay per view wise, if I could be patient and wait a little bit longer, I wouldn't mind seeing him emerge at the Royal Rumble, and just, I mean, you want to talk about surprise entrance at the Royal Rumble? If they can keep that quiet and have the fiend return at the world rumble and just, and not return at number 30 or number 29 or number 27 return at like number 20 and just wreck everybody in his path to, to win the Royal rumble. That for me personally, that's how that's what would just that. I don't know how, even how to put it into words, but that's what I would love to see. Okay. I got you. Um, so I had a feeling, and I didn't want to say it, but it's it's the one that I was thinking of. So the WWE pay per view in October is Extreme Rules. 
Extreme Rules. See, that the ti- time it works for timing, but Extreme Rules, uh, the, the pay per view itself doesn't work for the fiend. You know what I mean? So, uh, timing wise, I'd like to see him return sooner, but pay per view wise, the bi- a big return on a big stage. For me, it'd have to be Royal Rumble. And like I said, not a last-minute entrant to where he just eliminates one or two. Per- I want to see him come in a little bit early and just wreck everybody. Yeah, I got you. I got you. Here's a crazy thought, bro. See if you follow with me. When was The, inter- when was the Undertaker first introduced? What pay-per-view? Survivor Series. What do you think about introducing the return, the return of the Fiend at Survivor Series? At Survivor Series, oh, I think that would be amazing, especially if they did it in a way where it almost because we were talking about passing of the torch. You know, we kind of already missed that train as far as Undertaker passing torch. But if we could do it in a way where it symbolically passes the torch, you know, the the fiend being reborn at Survivor Series, I think that would be, I think that would be pretty cool. I I would agree. I think I think that would be. Who better to sell it than Michael Cole? Um, because Michael Cole knows all the history and everything. So I think that if he throws it out there for these new these new fans, I think they can I think they can pick up on it. You know what I mean? But for us old school ones, I think we would already know and be like, okay, this is this is cool. So maybe it is a possibility. Maybe they're thinking about it. Who knows? But one of the things, bro, that's dry, that's that I'm loving, but it's also driving me crazy at the same time because we're we're built in this internet era and everything where we know what's coming. There's a lot of times where it kind of it kind of ruined things for me. Like um, I was going back and forth with a with another guy about uh, CM Punk's AEW pop, and I was like. They already knew that he was there. Like it, it you know, it, it. Yeah, he got the he got the crowd cheering and shit like that. But that's not. I want I want the element of surprise. You know what I mean? Um, yes. Triple H has been doing that. He's been pulling it off. Like so, it, it. When Cody showed up to WrestleMania, we had an idea, but then they were throwing out other <laughs> things like of who it could be. Um. So it, it it was a cool surprise, um. But I gotta say, it, bro, Io Shirai or Io Sky, Dakota Kai, that was a huge surprise at SummerSlam. Killer Cross was another huge surprise at SmackDown. I love the element of surprise. You know what I mean? Because it brings me back to when we didn't have internet. All we had was magazines to go off of and something new, something crazy would show up. You know what I mean? So I can definitely appreciate what Triple H is doing right now and him keeping so many things like, you know, really quiet because let's be honest, bro. Normally anything related to WWE, it's the moment somebody has information, it's all over, you know, Bleacher Report, ESPN, you know, the W, the not necessarily the WWE apps and stuff like that, but all these social media accounts that follow WWE, they want to, they want to put the spoiler out there. You know what I mean? Yep. They want, they want the clicks. They want the views. They want people to click on their stuff. But I agree with you that the internet is great as it is. And 
as hard as it would be to give it up, looking at the dirt sheets and looking at the, the spoilers and then looking at all the, the, the rumors, you know, that album in surprise, as you said, is it, it's unmatched. And that, that's part of the reason why Friday night was so special. And for me, especially for me personally, when cross came back, because I had no clue, like I, cause I hadn't even read earlier in the day that, that there was chances of him coming back, whatever. I had zero clue that there was any chance of him appearing. And I thought SmackDown was just going to end, you know, with another, either a stare down between Reigns and McIntyre, or maybe a bit of a brawl. But that surprise, that shock, as I said earlier, made me feel like a kid again. It made me feel, it, it threw me back to those days of no internet where, where, as you said, you know, we just, we just, go with it just watching whatever happens happens it that was so important to tune in every week when we were younger absolutely yeah no i couldn't agree more um one of the other funny things <laughs> i dude i've always loved drew mcintyre um i think he's a beast i think he's the epitome of an old school wrestler like his his body type reminds me of razor ultimate warrior uh, Hercules, the Barbarian, like these big, 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 meaty, you know, fucking built wrestlers. Um, dude, so I got to go to um, the um, the local show uh, here at Tingley Coliseum. The uh, I think it was a the Sunday Stunner. Yes, I remember. Yeah, I, yeah, it was a yeah a few months back. Super, super Sunday or something like that, or SmackDown Sunday. Yeah, something like that. Um, dude, Drew McIntyre was so fucking cool. Like he stayed, like after his match was over, he was high fiving, he was signing shit. I got a high five from him. Uh, I think my buddy Sal, his daughter, got a wink from him. <laughs> um, oh, that's cool. Yeah, it was like he was just fucking cool. And then to top it off, bro, like after he meets with everyone, he goes back into the ring and he makes a speech, bro. And he's just like, I'm coming for Roman Reigns. Like this is the bloodline is going to end. And, you know, and, and the crowd was into it. Um, They were so when he was coming out on SmackDown, like there's nothing more in this world than that or in the WWE world or the WWE universe, as they like to call it. I want drew to have his title moment. And when I say that I want him to have his title moment with the crowd to actually fucking have fans for him to be the COVID champ. Bravo, like all the credit in the world to him for doing that. You know what I mean? Especially such a crazy time, but he needs that moment, bro, where the crowd can just erupt and he and he's holding the title. You know what I mean? Yeah, I agree with you one hundred percent. He uh, I, he got the short end of the stick because of the pandemic, and to for him to to you know beat Brock Lesnar in the main event of WrestleMania and not have a crowd there was just it was sad. It was. It was unworthy, unbefitting of Drew McIntyre, and I agree with you. He deserves that big moment where he wins the belt in front of a huge crowd. And while we're on that subject, do you think that's coming up at Clash of the Castle? Uh, it is. So they're wrestling like in 
Scotland, right? Or something like that? Or something like that, yeah. I don't know I don't know where it is exactly, but I just know it's it's close to his his home. It's close to and, home. And yeah. I don't I don't know, bro, because Killer Cross kind of threw like that's what that's the way that it was looking. I mean so let me let me let me tell you this first. Let me so I had a crazy idea and I was telling all my friends this and I never got the opportunity to tell you. So I'm gonna tell it now. We're gonna put it out on the air. Maybe WWE will hire me as a writer or a consultant <laughs> or something, but so there you go. All the hype has been built up for the rock and reigns, right? At at WrestleMania because it's in Hollywood, right? Because it's at the big stadium, and that's that's where all the hype's going, right? For sure, definitely. I don't want them wrestling for the titles. I don't want them wrestling for the titles at all. I want them wrestling for the tribal chief, the name, the bloodline. Yes, I agree with you 100%. I was actually talking to Jordan about this the other day, but I agree with you. I want to see that matchup 100%. And I also 100% don't want it to be for the title. It doesn't need a title involved. As you said, it should be for for the the head of the table. And and that's when Brock will pass the torch to Roman. And the title's not needed for that. I agree with you 100%. See, that's the one thing, though, that I wanted to tra- change up on the storyline. Because everybody's like, well, do you want Roman to literally take the reins? And I'm like, no. I was like, I want Roman to be humbled. I want him to lose to mm-hmm. The Rock. The Rock oh, takes the name of the bloodline and, and basically tells him, like, you know, this is the real loose. You know what I mean? Then oh. what happens is. Roman becomes humbled, but he's not the big time trouble chief. Like everybody's kind of looking at him with a slanted eye saying like, you lost to the rock, bro. Like, don't come over here barking orders and shit like that. Like we see the Usos, you know, kind of maybe getting back at at Roman because, bro, when Roman was destroying uh, Jay Uso. That was hard to watch, man, because it was like, what the fuck are you doing, bro? That's your cousin. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> Yeah, they went in deep on that one. Yes, yeah. I remember Jimmy was out for a while, and, and Jay was just the whipping boy. He was Roman's whipping boy for a while there. Exactly. So it, it, we get the opportunity to see that Roman is, is not who he, who, who he was, you know what I mean, or who he is. Yeah, this is where this is the opportunity where he starts to he starts to look weak, and then we've got a new champion, whether it be Cody Rhodes, The Fiend, Killer Cross, Drew McIntyre. Yeah, I, there's rumors that Triple H is going to be bringing back a lot more talent, and yes, I mean, you know what I mean? It's it's too far out. To, to to dream that storyline, which I would absolutely love, you know what I mean? Because it would great to it, it would be great to see, you know, we, we got to see down and out Corbin, right? We got to see homeless Corbin. Right? Yes. Why can't we see yes. the same with Roman? With Roman. That'd be interesting. I, I wouldn't mind it. I, I I wouldn't mind it. I hadn't to be honest, you know, every time I thought about that matchup. I always assumed, I guess, is the best way of putting it, that that Rock would would uh, lose. But 
that that's interesting I, i'd be up for that i'd really be up for that I, i'm excited there's so much exciting stuff coming up i i, I just i can't i can't contain myself right <laughs> i'm with you bro and like i said like when i told my buddy jonathan he's jonathan that he's just like bro why aren't you fucking writing for wwe and i was like ah, i was like i'd I was like, I'm not Freddie Prince Jr., bro. I can't, I can't get my foot <laughs> through the door. But, I mean, to me, that would just be a great storyline. It would be one that I could follow. Um, I the the way that they were doing with Corbin and shit like that too. That was an amazing. That was an amazing one that they were doing. And when they had down and out Corbin, I was loving it. I was eating it up. But then when they turned yeah. him into Happy Corbin, I'm like, oh god, like come on, guys. What are your thoughts on Pat McAfee? Oh, bro, I am all about the label, man. I fucking love me some Pat McAfee. Bro, SmackDown, he's fucking throwing footballs, and they gave him, um, uh, what the fuck do they call it? The the screen where he can draw, like he's, you know, like these. Oh, yes, the teleprompter. Yeah, the teleprompter, like. They they gave him that and he's over there fucking drawing like showing where he kicked fucking <laughs> Corbin in the nuts and shit. Perfect, bro. Yes. It's so good. Uh um, yes. Pat McAfee's got a lot of great shit going on. Dude, the whole shit the whole bit between him and Adam Cole was fucking intense. Like I had people texting me and they're like, Is this real or is this a shoot? And I'm like I was like, it looks pretty know. fucking real, but I was like I don't know. It was like the way Adam Cole got up in there and and but the match that they had on NXT fucking amazing. That was such a great match and I couldn't believe that Pat McAfee pulled that off, but now where they're carrying him, bro, he sold the shit out of that Stone Cold Stunner at WrestleMania. Yeah, he did. He showed up to the UFC event with the with the neck brace on. Right? <laughs> and then even uh and then even, so, bro, it was funny, like, at WrestleMania, like, after they cut and, you know, they kind of just do the pan, you know, the uh, around the ring and shit like that, they show Pat McAfee, bro, fucking grabbing a, grabbing one of the beers that was thrown out <laughs> on the floor, and he was still drinking it. So I was just like, bro, that's gold, yes. you know what I mean? Um, yes, Pat McAfee is amazing. Oh, bro, when he loses his shit, when fucking Shinsuke Nakamura's fucking music hits, oh, dude, <laughs> it's so cool. Yes. Here's the other thing that I like that he's doing. I have a feeling that we're going to get a storyline between him and Corey Graves. Oh, yeah, because they've been taking jabs at each other, haven't they? They have. And Corey Graves got cleared to wrestle again. To wrestle. Yes, I heard. That would be a yes. fucking that would be a WrestleMania match for me. Yeah, that'd be cool. I, I I'm all for that. I uh I like I saw very little of um Graves as a wrestler, but the matches I did see, you know, I liked and I mean him and Pat McAfee, especially with their mic skills, they're both great on the mic. So like just the the promo battles alone, the mic battles are, would be would be worth the feud. Oh yeah, absolutely, bro. Here's where where I think that they could like they could raise the level is maybe Pat McAfee like talk shit about Carmella or like make a comment or something like on one of her matches or something happen up, but we could really stoke the fire, 
You know what I mean? If they kind of bring Car- Carmella into the middle of it, you know, not necessarily like, you know, Pat trying to have a relationship with her or anything like that, but maybe just like some commentating moments where, you know, Corey doesn't, you know, doesn't necessarily agree with, you know, what Pat had to say about her or something like that. Like they could really bring out like a great storyline between those three. I think uh, I think it would hype up Carmella, too. Yeah, for sure. I think if, you know, maybe if they had Carmella make some some mistakes or lose some matches or do do a few things where where they can get Pat McAfee unbiasedly criticizing him, just matter of factually criticizing Carmella and then Corey Graves take that personally, that'd be a great way to spark that feud. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. See, bro, see, I knew, man. We we see eye to eye on, on a lot of things. <laughs> yeah, for sure, man. 100%. So one more thing that I wanted to ask you, Ro, and then after that we're gonna have a little bit of fun because I'm gonna throw something out there on the table and, and we're gonna we're gonna kick it around. But um what was your reaction with the Cody Rhodes and Seth Rollins match in the cage? Um that one I was just stunned, bro. When he took off that jacket and you could see the bruising. I was watching it with my girlfriend and she asked me if that was real. And that was one instance where I was like, I don't like you were talking about earlier with the other, with the Adam Cole, Pat McAfee thing. I told her, I don't know. Like, it looks real. I don't see how they could have faked that. I know he's really injured, but I was like, damn, like it, it for Cody Rose to put himself through that just for us, you know, for the fans, uh, I'll, I'll admit I've never been the biggest Cody Rhodes fan, me either. but that, but that night he made me a, a big fan just because of what he put himself through and the performance he put on with that injury. It just, and for us, you know, he didn't have to do that. Right. And he, he gained a, he, he gained a lot of my respect and a big fan of me for that match because he didn't have to do that. And he went out there, he put on a show against Seth Rollins and he won the damn match, you know, with, with that injury and, and to put himself at risk, you know what I mean? It's just amazing. I I was stunned. I was genuinely stunned. I I really was unsure. Were were you sure? Did you know for a fact that that was real at, in the moment? So remember when, remember when uh, triple H had the same injury? Mhm. Yes. I got to see the photo of of his of his pec be, before surgery. It wasn't as bad as Cody's. Um it so, wasn't, right? It was just barely around his pec and Cody's was like his whole side. Yeah, it was it was like his pec all the way to like the end of his bicep, like going into yes. his forearm. With, yes. With Triple H, his was a little bit different. Like, I mean, there was armpit bruising and a little bit of the chest and, you know, a little bit onto the onto the shoulder, you know, leading to the bicep. But, dude, when he took off his jacket, the fucking air got sucked out of the arena, bro, because everybody just gasped. Yeah. Like, when we were watching it on TV and we saw it, I was like, what the fuck? Like... I almost wanted to start chanting, holy shit. You know what I mean? <laughs> yes. Um, yes. But <clears throat> I am drinking the Cody Rhodes Kool-Aid, bro. I am loving what he's doing right now. He's, uh, 
I was watching him a little bit on AEW. I didn't like where they were going with his storyline on AEW because he was wrestling like all the like we got a new wrestler that just showed up to or we got a new wrestler yep. that's all elite. Well, guess who he's wrestling? Cody Rhodes. Yep. So they made him the gatekeeper for the new guys. Exactly. And I hated that. I was just like, this is I can't get with this. I was like, you know, it was frustrating. It was a frustrating storyline. Well, then when he started doing the shit with our Arn Anderson and then burning shit outside of his apart or out of his uh, from the front of his house, I don't know. I, I just I couldn't get with the storylines. Well, then when I found out, you know, that he's leaving and then, you know, we don't know where he's going to go. But, you know, he's probably destined for for WWE. So here's two things that I wanted to throw at you, bro. What do you think about Cody's comments on if he gets the WWE title, he's getting rid of. The titles that we see right now, and he's bringing back the winged, the winged belt. I love it. I I want him to win the championship just for that, just so I could see him bring those belts back. I love it. I'm all for it. Um, I haven't been a fan of the champ, WWE Championship and Universal Championship designs um, going back for many years. To be honest with you, the big W in the middle just doesn't do it for me. I'm the same to way. see that. To see that winged eagle come back, to me, the winged eagle was the original. You know, obviously it's not the original, but for me, when I started watching, was when Stone Cold won the winged eagle championship from Shawn Michaels. I got you. at WrestleMania 14. So for to see that belt be be brought back to prominence and on our TVs, you know, twenty years, twenty five years later, however long it's been, I, I'm all for it. I think it's amazing. And I think it's going to happen, and I can't wait till it does ha- happen. I'm with you, bro, 100%, 100%. The other thing is, I don't know if you've seen, and I can't remember if I sent it to you or not, but there's rumors going around that Triple H is saying that WWE is going to change to WWF. No, I didn't hear anything about that. No, that would be that would be pretty crazy. Are they allowed to do that with the World Wildlife Fund still I, out there? I don't know. I who knows? Knowing Triple H, bro, or Stephanie, because I mean Stephanie controls like a lot of the the media um, and the marketing and all that. Who knows yeah. if she fucking didn't go down there and just be like, "Hey, if you guys give us our name back or let us use just just let us use WWF," like there'll be contributions galore coming. You know what I mean? Or maybe they just wrote a check and said like, yeah. So I don't know. And I think, I think back then a lot of it, I think the world wildlife wildlife fund back then didn't want it to be associated with what was going on in WWF back then. Cause you know, it was the attitude or there's crazy shit going on, all kinds of, sex and violence and right. everything in between. <laughs> but with today's current product, maybe they're more open to it. You know what? That's a good way of looking at it. It's uh it's very possible. I'm gonna have to dig, bro, and find that uh find that uh that that notification that I was reading about that. Um Yeah, send it to me. I didn't see it. I'll send it to you. It might be fake news, but I mean I read it more than I meant it I read it more than three times, so maybe it's catching traction. Maybe if it does come, that's awesome. I'd totally be down with WWF. For sure. Hell yeah. That that'd be crazy. What 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 do you think their slogan would be? Get the F back in? <laughs> exactly. Get the F back in or 
maybe they put the E and F together and say get the F out. I don't know. Like, uh, <laughs> it, there's there's a there's a lot of cool things that they could do with it, and and you know that whole the the whole marketing on that. Like, it it would be it would be so badass. I mean, I I've always loved WWF. Um, that's what I grew up with. That's what I knew. Uh, WWE, cool. You know what I mean. But it it just it just hits better when it's when it's WWF. You took the words out of my mouth. I was going to say the WWE, the F hits different. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yes. Right on, bro. So we're going to have a little bit of fun right now. So um, to kind of piggyback off of the Busted Open podcast with Dave LaGreca and Bully Ray and Tommy Dreamer and Mark Henry, I guess. Um they had an interesting episode, bro, that I was keyed in on. They wanted to do... So, we got fantasy football coming up. What about fantasy wrestling? So, oh, I'm all for it. That'd be amazing. So, so what they said is take one wrestler from WWE, one wrestler from AEW, and make a trade. And why why would you want that trade happen? So I'm gonna put you in the hot seat, bro. What what WWE wrestler would you be willing to trade for an AEW wrestler and why? Oh goodness. Oh man. Uh, I think you really put me on the spot, didn't you? Um I did. <laughs> I I think I would okay, so on the AEW side, I want I want Kenny Omega. Okay. Interesting. Um who would I trade for Kenny Omega though? Because it'd have to be a Kenny Omega caliber talent, right? I'd have to trade somebody of his caliber over. It's gotta be value for value, man. <laughs> yes. Oh, let me think on that for a few moments. You really put me on the spot with this one. I'm not good. I'm not good with on the spot, but I'll I'll do my best. Let me see. Oh man. You know what? Just, since we're talking fantasy here, since we're talking pure fantasy, and because I want to see these, I want to see. I'd like to see him in AEW and just fresh matchups. I would trade Brock for Kenny. So I could see Kenny in, in WWE and all those matchups and see Brock and what he can take doing AEW. Okay. Not bad. I like it. Yeah. That's one I, that I guess That's one that I would definitely yeah. sign off on. Yes. What about you? What was your answer to that one? Do you have one? Ugh, uh I want MJF, bro. <laughs> yeah, I should have known. I yeah. should have known. What do you what do you think about MJF? Everything we haven't heard from him in months. Do you think what do you think on that situation? Work, shoot, partially both? Like what what do you think's gonna happen? What do you where do you think MJF's gonna end up? I just how we were talking about earlier, if the if the stars, the moon, the sun, everything aligns, bro. Um, I think MJF has got a great opportunity to be with the WWE. Um, I don't know how they would pull that off. 
uh, for the fact that he's still under contract with AEW, that would have to be uh, Tony Khan uh, saying, like, you know what, we're just gonna we're just gonna release your contract. And is it possible? Absolutely, because we've seen people, we've seen wrestlers get into wars with Vince McMahon. That's one of the hardest motherfuckers to ever try and get <laughs> to change, or you know, to say like, all right, fuck it, you're gone. You know what yeah. I mean? Uh, yeah. Tony Khan, I'm not the biggest fan of him. I think he's so we have a term over where I work and it's called hug a thug. Well, he's a he's a hug a talent or he's a hug a hug <laughs> former WWE wrestler, you know what I mean? And and he he drives me insane with everything that he does on that, you know what I mean? He's there there's a there's a couple of things that he's pissed me off about and I won't go on a big rant about Tony Khan, but some of the things that he pisses me, pisses me off about is he's got a lot of great talent, but he'd rather hug the the former WWE wrestler that just showed up on his show as opposed to giving the the person that started out with him. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um. MJF has a very very close relationship with Cody. I would not doubt it. If they've had multiple conversations already, um, I'm not saying that MGF has talked to Triple H or anything like that, but I know he's talked to Cody. And with, sure. with the way that Cody has gotten a pop with the WWE, MGF has got to be fucking just. He's got to be crushed, bro, with the way that AEW's wrote his storyline. Yeah. He's one of the wrestlers that I've always felt doesn't need a title wrapped around him. But I think the way that AEW has carried him and left his character with all these feuds and shit like that. And then now, I mean, he put Wardlow over when... Mm-hmm. Here, I'm. I mean, the right. I, we talk about the writing being on the wall. I think the writing was on the wall with that match with him and Wardlow. Because I, I mean, there was, there was controversy of him not showing up. Um, there was, you know, he, he showed up and he put Wardlow over. So that shows that you know he's still a man of business and you know he keeps his word. Um, but I would definitely trade for MJF and God the. The WWE wrestler that I would I would be willing to trade for MJF. I I and I I, I think it makes the most sense, but I would need to maybe sweeten the deal a little bit more. Is we trade the comparisons, but then. So I was thinking the Miz at first, but mm. I, but I think the Miz is too different for AEW. Um, I don't, I don't think he follows. I, he's WWE through and through. You know what I mean? He's perfect for WWE. He's he's exactly what they he's, want. <laughs> yes, as the Jericho Appreciation Society would say, he's a sports entertainer. There you go. Exactly. <laughs> um. But shit, like another another talent from from the men's roster that I could give for MJF. 
uh, it uh, it makes it it makes it hard because MJF such is is so great at cutting promos. Um, WWE's been lacking that, but I think that's because they've been so controlled. You know what I mean? And I I, I think we're gonna get a lot of these mic skills coming out the moment that Triple H allows these guys to start talking more. Yep. But um, I don't know, man. One. I hate to say it, I don't know what they're doing with him, but I think if I could do a package deal for MJF, I would throw Ricochet in there to sweeten the pot. I think Ricochet. Oh, okay. I think Ricochet would crush AEW. I think he would. Yeah. I think he would really fucking bloom, and I think he would get to be the Ricochet that we fell in love with in NXT. In NXT, oh man, NXT Ricochet was over nine thousand. Right. <laughs> I I would love to have that that Ricochet back. That's interesting, and I you know I never thought about Ricochet going to AEW, but yeah, he would flourish. He would definitely flourish with with the talent and the ring style that they have. I think that'd be a great fit for him. Oh, bro, a dream match for me is Ray Phoenix against Ricochet. I think that would tear oh. the fucking roof off. Oh yes, that'd be amazing. Ray Phoenix, the, I love the Lucha Bros in general. I, I'm I'm biased uh, towards Penta. I'm a big Penta fan, but Ray, his skills are are phenomenal. Right? Yes. I think I I just think that's a dream match, and like I said, it just like I said, I would have to sweeten the pot. I don't know. I don't know who else I would be able to throw out there. I can't give Roman. You know what I mean? I can't give Roman I, for MJF. I, well, since you got a, a great in-ring worker and you're talking about MJF skills and we're talking fantasy, what about Ricochet and Paul Heyman for MJF? <laughs> that would be a pretty sweet deal. You know what I mean? I, I'd hate... Ah, man. I, I would hate to lose Paul Heyman because I think he's part of... Like, he's becoming a bigger part of of the storylines, you know what I mean? Or like the, 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 the work in the back, you know what I mean? So I'm like, fuck, you know, we would need some type of replacement for him. So maybe, (laughs) maybe they bring back a fucking Eric Bischoff so we can find a replacement or some type of buffer there. You know what I mean? But yeah, yeah, yeah. that would be a, that would be a tough one, man. I don't know if I could let Heyman go unless I got Eric Bischoff coming back or something. Cause yeah, um, Heyman's the go. It's hard to let Heyman go, man. Heyman's just, like you said, with, with Triple H in charge now, I'm, I, that's another aspect I'm really looking forward to. I, I'm, I hope that they give Heyman the reins. When Heyman was running SmackDown back in the Brock Lesnar, the original Brock Lesnar era, oh yeah, I dude. mean Smack SmackDown was at its height. That was when SmackDown was at its height, and and it was just, they could do no wrong. That was fire, bro. What would yeah. you What would you think if uh, Shane McMahon showed up on AEW all of a sudden? <laughs> <laughs> oh, bro! I saw memes of that. Right? I saw memes of of him, uh, and it said Shane McMahon is all elite, and I like that would be crazy, bro. And that, and the craziest part about that is it's really possible because Shane has no contract. He left, you know, they they he left uh, earlier this year. As far as I, from what I've read, he has no contract, really, no tie, no real ties 
that he has to be in WWE, that he can't go anywhere else. So, like, that's the craziest part about that to me is that it's it's actually very possible. Like, it can happen. Right. It can happen this Wednesday on Dynamite. Like <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> that, Oh, David, you there? Can you hear me? There you are. We lost you for a second. Oh, sorry about that. I think my screen locked on my phone. Oh, no, but um, I was, I was saying, I think that'd be amazing. I think that'd be pretty crazy, and and it make for great television. I think, yeah. Oh, absolutely! I, I'm, all, I'm all for it. For uh, if Shane showed up on Dynamite and gave kind of like the same speech he did to Vince when Vince bought um, WCW back when the, they had the the simulcast. Oh, dude, that was hilarious! He's like, "Why am if I he, on this show?" <laughs> yes, if he can recreate that somehow, and they, that would be amazing to see Shane on AEW. Oh yeah, that would be awesome, man. Um, yes, and then you know how his style is. He's a he's a risk taker. He'll do anything. And can you imagine what what he would do in AEW? Oh, you know? dude, it would be nuts, man. So yes, we're we're getting close to that time, and and uh, we're definitely going to be bringing you back, bro. Um, we're going to be doing this more. We're going to be talking wrestling, and and I think what we'll do is maybe we'll start this out as like a biweekly thing, and then maybe we'll you know things keep going great, you know we'll keep moving into like a weekly thing, but because there's a lot more that you and I need to chop up. Um, oh, for sure. There's so so. Here's another crazy idea. And let me know your thoughts, and then we'll run through this, and then we'll we'll wrap up the episode. But what do you think about the possibility of Tony Khan and Triple H possibly talking about some crossovers? Because we recently saw AEW do this with New Japan, right? Yes. Do you um, think there's an inkling of possibility? Um. I think, you know, it, you know what we say in the wrestling world: never say never. Um, I don't see it happening, not anytime soon, but I do think that possibility is there, and I would, I would lose my shit, quite honestly. Right. <laughs> yeah, the the matchups that can be made with with those two rosters, and you know, if we're if we're really dreaming here. Bring in some New Japan pro. Just can you imagine like a, a huge super show with with some of the guys from New Japan and then AEW and WWE? It it would be insane. Like that'd be batshit crazy. I'm all for it. I think that there's that possibility is always there because you know the saying never say never. Um, but I just don't think it'll happen anytime soon. I wouldn't get my hopes up for that anytime in the near near future. I agree. I'm a. I'm in the same way, and I would say if if there was an inkling or any type of opportunity, I would say it's bigger than ever now. Um, for the fact that Triple H is is uh, clearly running the show now. You know what I mean? And we'll uh, we'll see where 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 Mister Hunter takes all this. But the the future is bright with WWE. It looks a lot better. Um, there's a lot of excitement coming now and so one last thing bro before we wrap it up is we've clearly been talking about new faces or faces old faces that we thought were never coming back to wwe 
they're back on the show. Who is at the top of your list or who is someone that you want for Triple H to bring back? Okay, well, since you already since the obvious choice for me there is Bray Wyatt, I'm going to skip over Bray Wyatt because he's a he's a no-brainer. I, for me it's Bray Wyatt 100%. But since we've already talked a lot about Bray and whatnot, there's actually somebody who I really liked in NXT and I, that I would love to see bring brought back and that's Dexter Loomis. Nice. Damn, you took I'm mine. a huge Dexter. <laughs> I'm a Was that yours? Shut no, up. That was going to be mine. Yeah. <laughs> yes, I'm a huge Dexter Loomis fan, man. I I loved what they're doing. They're doing really well with him and then they kind of got off track with the whole indie index thing going on and then he was just gone but for me of course bray's obvious but the sleeper one for me the dark horse is dexter loomis man his character was great his character you know when he when he was at the wedding that that was one cool thing about the whole indy harwell thing when he went there at the wedding and he still had his spoken word and he bring he, he asks if they're they, they ask if there's any objections and he just opens his jacket coat to reveal a, a what was it an axe or something in there yeah <laughs> and then everybody shuts up and then he finally said his first words on on wwe tv he just said i do right and that was it but i i, I love dexter loomis um I, I would love to see him back i'm with you man that's a great choice so for me now that i have to now that i have to change it up is, <laughs> so if Aleister Black was still a uh, free agent, I would love for Aleister to come back. I was really drinking the Aleister Black Kool-Aid. Uh, um, the music, everything, this guy's look, the moves that he would do, but everything. So here's here's my ultimate, bro, that I want, that I hope he's at triple. I hope he's somewhere on Triple H's list. But I'm talking Enzo Amore, bro. Oh, yes. The certified <laughs> G. I love Enzo, man. I got me a cool Enzo backpack. It says, what do we got over here? A cup of haters? Yep. <laughs> I've got I, I love Enzo. Oh, bro. Give me the S-A-W-F-T chant all fucking day. God, that yeah. did rock a mic. Oh, <laughs> oh man. It brings back memories. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I love that pairing. Enzo's great. I love Big Cass, and that them together was awesome. Oh yeah, absolutely, man. I, dude, I wouldn't even if if they could bring back Matt Cardona, uh, aka Ooh. Zach Ryder. I think that yes. would be great. Um, he's got a lot of heat following him. He's doing fucking great shit on Impact. I mean, on all these small shows. I mean, I think he's. He's going back to having fun and just the love for wrestling. I mean, everything that he's doing right now, bro, all credit in the world to him. The major wrestling podcast, um, the 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 toy collecting side, the YouTube channel, the wrestling, like everything he's doing. But in all in now that they're allowed to, now that they're switching over to TV 14, I think Enzo would be the perfect person to bring in. Yes, I, I agree with you. He'd make for very entertaining television with that TV 14 rating. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, man. I know he would kill it. 
Yes. And then maybe we were talking about Carmela earlier. She's not doing too much right now. If if we can bring them all three back together and that that'd be some good stuff. Dude. As, so- as the as the Vince quote goes, that's be some good shit. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I so this is one thing that we're going to cover on the next episode when we bring you back, man. And we'll probably have, we'll, I'll probably work on bringing Sal back in on this one, but I want to talk factions and we'll definitely mm. cover that on the next one. That would be a fucking like, we'll, we'll get there, man. We'll, we're, we're going to, we're going to get that out there in the world, but okay. Yeah. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, uh, Time gets away from when you when you talk about what you love, and right now I've got a lot of excitement going on. I am I am super pumped with having David on here, and uh, and we love us some some good old fashioned wrestling, and uh, it looks like that's what we're getting again. So, with that said, uh, David, do you want to leave the Funkaholics listeners with anything? Hey, just I uh, love you all. Nice to meet you all. You'll be seeing and hearing me a lot more. And uh, I'm just excited, man. You got me pacing back and forth in my living room. That's how <laughs> excited and pumped I am right now. You got me pacing. Uh, this is this has been great experience. I'm very grateful for you to have me. And I look forward to many more. Awesome, bro. I can't thank you enough for just giving us the time, giving us your knowledge, your history, telling us your story, because that's what we do on this podcast. We talk about what we love. We love stories. We love wrestling. We're going to bring you back. The next child, the the next thing that's going to be on our list is actually bringing you into the studio and sitting here mm. one-on-one, man. We're going to have our own one-on-one match over here. We might, yes. bring, we might bring Sal in, throw in a little bit of a triple threat match here. All you right. Know, but... We'll, All uh, right. <laughs> we'll we'll get it going for sure. We'll we'll have to make a championship belt that we'll we'll each take home each week. Oh, dude, that would be fucking awesome! I love that idea. <laughs> I love that idea. Yes, <laughs> we'll have a little a little like quiz or competition, some something where each of us can earn the belt each week and and just pat, you know see who who can hold on to it the longest. Hell yeah. Oh yeah. Oh man, I've already got ideas going. If I if I got that belt on me, man, I'll show you where I'll be wearing it. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I'll be taking it with me everywhere. I'll go I'll take it out to the restaurant, I'll take it out to run some errands, I'll wear it everywhere. Right. We'll be pulling some li- some Liv Morgan status over there, but y- yeah. <laughs> oh man. So, like I said with with uh with Time always gets away from us when we talk about what we love, and and like I said, we we love us some um, some wrestling. We got a um, a lot of great back and forth here. We got some dream matches. We've got some really good locker room talk, guys, and that's what I love to express, especially here on the Funkaholics podcast, guys. The Funkaholics got us some coupons, and I know in the times that we're living in. We definitely need coupons. Coupons get us by with a lot of things. It also helps us make us that, you know, make that purchase. You know, when you're sitting there and you're like, oh, I don't know if I want to check out or not. But then when you got that coupon, it makes it a lot easier. Guys, we have a coupon code. It's called the Funk. It's the Funkaholics Pod. So that's F-U-N-K-A-H-O-L-I-K-S and it's P-O-D. You use that when you check out at Popple.com. Popple.com will take care of all your social media requirements. You see someone walking down the road, you want to let them know about your social media, you just pop out that Popple QR code, bracelet, 
lanyard, whatever. They put everything out there, guys, and they're only growing. They're putting more things out there. I can't tell you because they're sending me information, and they're like, Funkaholics, look at this. Look at what Popple's coming out with next. Guys, I promise you, just go to Popple.com, P-O-P-L.com. Take a look at what they got going on. If you're a vendor, if you're a podcast, whatever you're doing to get your social media out there, check them out. They are next level, guys. I promise you. And when you check out, use that code, F-U-N-K-A-H-O-L-I-K-S-P-O-D. Help out your boys over here at the Funkaholics Podcast and also get you some merch, get you that swag, get you that code with the discount. I am your host, Nando T. We are closing out, but we will be bringing David back, and we've got a lot more great episodes coming soon.